the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Getting on my leader around to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. My name's Mark Isles and I'm the Chief Football Writer of the Bolton News. This is the show that denies that Roswell and Oakwell ever happened. The cameras made it all up. Luca Cannell isn't even a real person. And here's some other fake news this week. Wanderers to court controversy with launch of crop top home kit. Lion of Vienna suite to double up as a crisis centre for worried Wigan Athletic fans over the summer. Pink to open first gig of the world tour with a cover of Walking Down the Manny Road. And corporal punishment being considered as an alternative to parking fines around the stadium. Back to the serious stuff and an offer for anyone who has not yet subscribed to the Bolton News Online. We've got a great response, a really, really great response to last month's six-month offer. Uh, But for those who didn't take it up or didn't want to take the plunge, now you can pay for just two months of subscription for just £2. That'll see you through our summer coverage. We've got some great retro stuff coming up on the Sensational 70s. A couple of big interviews and features already lined up with more to come. And as you'll know by now, it's the only way you get to read everything about Bolton Wanderers without buying the paper itself from the news agents, which you can still do, by the way. Please do buy a paper. But if not, if you're an online type of guy, then go to theboltonews.co.uk backslash subscription or follow the links in this podcast's notes, the notes of this podcast, however you want to say it, and enjoy two months of subscription for just two quid. Okay, now to introduce my co-host for this podcast and a man who will soon be replaced by AI and forced to work on The Wanderer, it's Henry Hewitt. Henry, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Uh, yeah, this will be my uh, last season working on the book before I'm replaced by uh, a machine. And I don't mean the washing machine, the goal machine, Gary Medine, who is out of work. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, of course. We're, we joke, we will be here throughout the summer, won't we, Mark? Well, I mean, I'm going on holiday again in a few weeks, so maybe <laughs> I'll have a, take a brief hiatus, but I'll be back. Yeah, old Pirates of the Caribbean over there. He's, uh, he's, he's, there's no way on earth you're going to keep him on terra firma. Uh, when I say I, AI, I actually mean um, the former uh, Watford player, Alex Inglethorpe, um, who will be uh, our, new, uh, our new buff co-host. How long did it take you to think of a player whose initials are AI? <laughs> how many seconds was it between me saying AI and you finishing talking? Because that's how, many, that's how long it took me. Uh, it wow, easy. fair play, fair play. <laughs> Um, right, okay, we, we jest, we joke, we're in a good mood. Uh, I think we better bring things down a couple of notches, just just for a little while, uh, whilst we look at the, the playoff games. Obviously, this is the first one we've had since the Barnsley double header, um, and obviously it ended in, in pain. I mean... I mean, it, it was pain. It was pain. Obviously, they underperformed. That was the, the, the biggest problem for it. It's not that Bolton didn't get promoted for me. It's that they didn't do themselves justice in that playoff. Yeah, it was disappointing, wasn't it? I mean, a positive was is that we went out of the playoffs quietly, unlike Peter did, <laughs> yes. uh, and didn't make world news. But um, no, I think, I think credit's got to go to Barnsley because... You know, they they stifled what we were trying to do. And we had a period in the second half where it was 
it was all Bolton, but you know, at the end of the day, we didn't create anything. They defended very well, and uh, and they deserved the day at Wembley. So, um, so yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think a positive for me is the reaction from the fans, and, and people were disappointed with um, the result. But going off what I've seen, no one's saying Everett needs to be sacked. No one's saying sack the board. It's it's just a. a Everyone's kind of agreeing. It's been a good season. It just didn't work out at the very end. And we go again next year. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll come to what we predicted later on in this podcast. It's going to be interesting to see just how close we were, uh, some rather than others. Um, but on the day, and I think Ian ever elaborated this after the game, what, what were Bolton missing? Was it goals? Was it midfield creativity? I'm not, I'm not so sure it was anything defensive, personally. No. Um, no, I think it was creativity. I mean, you know, you look at their goal and Luke O'Connell's put a great cross in and defenders got ahead to it. And mm. I think that was the difference, is that they had one bit of creativity. I know later on, they hit the bar and stuff, but I think it was it had become a sort of end-to-end match at that point. But... Um, yeah, I think that was it. And, you know, I've, it, I think it's been a problem for Bolton all season. And that's why we haven't scored as many as what we should have done. Is that, um, you know, I know Dion can miss the odd chance. And you could argue that the other strikers have probably not scored as many as we would have liked them to. But, um, but I think overall, there's been times where we've been trying to dig results out of matches and... Um, and it hasn't been because we haven't created enough chances. And I think that was the case over both playoff legs, actually. Yeah, I think against certain types of team, I think there's an argument for that midfield creativity. I think, you know, we'll talk about him, I'm sure, later on, but Kieran Lee, I think his diminishing returns potentially in the playoffs, but certainly towards the end of the season. I think Aaron Morley was maybe on, on a bit of a sticky, sticky bit of the season, a lot of weight on Josh Sheehan's shoulders to maybe create something. I think there is is where Bolton will probably look to add something big, as well as up front. You know, Bod Varson, obviously, we know he's coming back now again. We'll speak with him about him later on. But but Bod Varson had scored eight goals before he disappeared injured. That was a big miss. It didn't get replaced. I think a lot of people are going to look at January and say. The recruitment that Bolton had did not affect the season enough. Um, and I think they're fair points. I think you can say people like Randall Williams, uh, Victor Adbiagio will improve or hopefully they will improve and, and have a bigger effect on next season. But because Bolton were aiming for those playoffs or for, to win those playoffs they didn't have the desired effect. And you can certainly argue that with the case of, of, of Shortire with uh, Mbete and I think to a large extent Cameron Jerome as well. Um, so, you know, did, did, did he never, did he, did they do enough in that January for you? I think they did enough. And I think, you know, when you probably listen back to a podcast we did on the first week of February, I don't think we were saying um, oh, they didn't do enough. Or I think the conversation about Afalayan was there, but I mean, he's come out this week yeah. and said that it was right for him to leave. So you can't keep hold of him. Uh, and I think, I think that the, um, I don't think anyone was saying that. Oh, it was a bad 
January. I think that's just come with hindsight. Um, so with hindsight, you, I mean, it could, it might not have worked out last year, mm. but it did in January. So it's I think you can only judge it off hindsight. But I think the difference is now is that we've got you know some of the players like Adebayo, um, you know, who for me needs to. I think I'd love to see how he does after a summer with Bolton. Mm. Definitely. Um, you know, obviously, Unwundalu may come back, and Bete is gonna gonna go uh, back to City. So, and Shoretere is back to United. So, yeah, I mean, it could have worked out, but it didn't. Um, but then saying that, we finished fifth. So, yep. you know, it's not like we missed out on the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they, they did what was said on the tin, and actually, looking at the points per game from the end of January to the end of the season, not including the playoffs and those before it, the points per game was exactly the same. Mm. I think the only frustration, and it's frustration, it's not, I don't think you, and I definitely don't subscribe to the view that that a load of duffers were signed. I think they signed players who have been able to keep Bolton at that level, which was fifth. And with, you know, with hope that, they would do enough on a day to be to Barnsley or to be to Sheffield Wednesday and to be able to get themselves up. Whether that would have been good in the long run for Bolton, I think that's a discussion we will be having for most of the summer. Um, going back to the Dapo debate again, I think that's a discussion we're bound to have again because Everton said didn't have enough goals and yet Bolton did take that choice to let Dapo leave when he did. Uh, and he was last season's top goal scorer. There was no way of finding a way of him replicating that goal scoring form, of course, in, in the system they had. They chose the system over Dapo, is the bottom line, and got the money they did for him as as a you know the best possible solution. Was there another way to go there? Would you have said you know in in a if you got a chance? That Adam Sandler movie, Click, you've got a re- remote yeah. control. You can press rewind to, you know, the last week of January. Would you whisper in Ian Everts here and say, listen, this is what's going to happen. Shall we do it the other way and see if, if Dapo stays, what happens? Mm, no, because, you know, you we still want to, we won at Wembley and finish fifth. Mm. I, I don't think... Mm. You know, I don't think there's much improvement to be made, and I think the the top four ran away with it. Well, the top three definitely ran away with it. So we may have got five more points and been where Barnsley were, but I don't think we get into ninety six. So we would have been in the playoffs anyway, mm. and chances are we would have been fifth anyway. So um, you know, if it, it if it wasn't working, I, I mean, I wanted to keep Dapo. A lot of people did, but that's because we liked Dapo as a player. Um, but if again, if he gets an opportunity that he wants to go, if you, you know, you never know. If you'd have kept him here against his will, then it would have, it might have had a detrimental effect on the rest of the squad. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's easy to look at those players and go, well, you know, were they good enough? But each one of those players at a little point, okay, and Shoretere was only after the first few games, and then confidence in him sort of swayed a bit. But Mbete at the start of his time, you know, after that Peterborough and MK Dons game, people mm. were saying this guy's great. You know, um, Adibi Ajo, people liked him, and then it just, I think it's because he didn't score enough goals. People kind of went off him a little bit, but I don't think there's anyone saying we need to sell him. 
So, yeah, I, I for me, I, I wouldn't because I, I, I don't think there would have been much improvement anyway. It's an interesting one. I'm sure we will talk about it again. But one thing that's happened this week um, in the light of the playoff final, one of the last things Ian Everett said to me was that there will be money available this summer to push Bolton and make up that bridge you're talking about there to the, the chasing pack, the 96 points. By the way, there's no way we need 96 points to get to, to get third place this season, surely. But to bridge that gap to the automatic promotion spots is going to cost money. I mean, they are going to have to spend money to bring in however many players they need to become automatic challengers next season. Yeah, I think we've seen... I think the league will be different next year because Ipswich aren't there and, um, you know, chances are Sheffield Wednesday won't be there. Um, so, really, and when you look at the teams coming down, obviously we're going to have their problems. Blackpool, I don't think, are going to come in and spend a load of money. Reading will be an interesting one because, mm. uh, you know, I I mean, they've got problems with financial fair play, so I don't see them spending a lot of money, but we don't know with Reading. So I think for, really, you'd look at Derby and think, well, they might splash a bit of cash. But other than that, I don't think there is going to be anyone. So it'd be, I think if we do spend a bit of money, and obviously we, you know, we, I don't think there's any Bolton, Bolton fans that want us to start spending a ten million pound on on players or whatever, and put ourselves into trouble. I think it'll be uh, sensible spending, but I think if we do bring in players of of quality, like Ipswich did, then yeah, we. I think I don't see any reason why we couldn't be in the top two, and uh, and I think that is probably what we need. But at the same time, I do think the quality at the top, whereas this squad for me uh, isn't a top two squad. Suddenly, when you take um, three out of the top four out who are going to get promoted, suddenly you look and think, well, it's. I think we'll be finished higher. So maybe it is just a little bit of spending that needs needs doing and then we can finish in the top two. I think the wage bill is the one for me. And uh, pinning down exactly what the wage bill is, is is not an easy thing to do. We obviously have been able to look at the accounts and the overall wage bill. Some of the numbers in that are slightly disputed, let's say, um, from certainly from the footballing point of view, as to that's what there's been. But, you know, it, it's it's a very, very difficult one to kind of pick through. Um, I think if you were to work on the premise that Bolton had a wage bill of six to seven million pounds for their football team, that would put them you know, sixth or seventh in the league as far as their budget. There's certainly a lot of managers, a lot of teams operating on less at League One level. But as we've seen with Ipswich, every Wednesday, um, et cetera, et cetera, there are a lot more as well. I think Plymouth, for the great job they've done, had up their game. I think they were pushing uh, pushing a bit higher this season as well. They spent a bit more in January just to, to see them over the line. And I think it's that kind of spending just to... You've established a firm foundation. Okay, well, now we need to go, you know, and, and drive and, and push it a bit more in. I think Ipswich were always spending big. Sheffield Wednesday were always spending big. They, that's not really changed. <clears throat> if, if in fact, that changes next season, we, we shall see. I mean, I was going to ask you whether you fancied Barnsley or Sheffield Wednesday to go up. Because if Sheffield Wednesday were to go up, that's another potentially big budget that goes. But Barnsley... 
would they fancy it and maybe just give themselves a bit of a nudge in the same way as Bolton are trying to do? I don't know. Yeah, maybe, because uh, they've got a manager who they, tr- they trust as well. Um, so maybe they would back him. Well, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think... Um, I mean, Barnsley can go up. I, I think everyone just expects Sheffield Wednesday to go up because they got 96 points and they, they're off the back of that, that game there when they beat Peterborough. Mm. But, you know, Barnsley are a good team. Barnsley beat Sheffield Wednesday at Oakwell a few weeks ago. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's the... It's not out of the question that Barnsley can go up, and I think it would be typical of Sheffield Wednesday should they have that massive high at Hillsborough the other night, and then to uh, <laughs> to it all mean nothing. But um, I, I think the thing with Sheffield Wednesday's squad is they've got a very good squad for for League One. We know that, but they have got a very like an aging squad. Mm. So you wonder if they don't go up this time. You know, are they going to stick with the players who have, well, who would have failed in the playoffs the last two years, or will we go right? We need a refresh here and try and get promoted because this is it. Is that we, you know, we I think we discussed last week on the podcast, or we at least talked about it off air. Darren Moore getting ninety six points and then losing in the playoffs, and they all want him sacked. I think he's a bit, is a bit harsh. So, um, yeah, Sheffield, there's a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, I think Darren Moore does things one way. I think the Sheffield Wednesday team you see there is is pretty much the way that his his teams have always been. They are powerful. Uh, they're good at set pieces. Uh, you know, obviously Barry Bannon's been a nice, ever present, a different a different type of player in their midfield. But he's not going to go forever. I know he's he's signed up for another year at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but I thought he was quite quite poor certainly in the first leg um, and and in the second half of the second game against Bolton as well I thought he was pretty poor but um, you know he's never he's not he's not I think he's is he 34 Bannon 33 34 he's not going to go forever I don't think they can rely mm. on him forever and if you took Barry Bannon out that team then I think they are going to struggle so I think yeah the I think Wednesday needs to go up this season rather than um, contemplate another year at League One level but I think I'll be cheering Wednesday on only because I think getting rid of that big budget would pave the way for, for Bolton to have a, a, a fairer fight next season, I think. And uh, I'm with you. Uh, Reading's the one that I don't really know about, but I can't see Wigan or Blackpool spending massive next season the way things are looking at the moment. So, yeah, interesting. Our our predictions will be interesting for next season, but um, we shall uh, we shall make those a bit further down the line when we know what's going on. Um, there has been some very, very big news this week, of course, at Bolton Wanderers. So rather than do headlines as we'd normally do them, we're just going to look at the retain list bit by bit. <laughs> After, what, a few days, three, four days after Barnsley, um, Ian Everts had pulled his whole squad into Lostock, had individual meetings and basically sorted out in a couple of hours what we have been debating for the last five months. Um, Big decisions on, uh, well, six or seven, depending on how you slice it up, six or seven players that were out of contract. Going to go down one by one. I think everybody will agree the headline was the release of sexy Kieran Lee. What did you make of it, Henry? 
Um, I f- you can understand it. I-, I honestly thought he was about 33, to be honest. With you. He's 35. Was, uh, I mean, that sort of swayed my decision a little bit. But I think Kieran Lee, we got more games out of him than we thought we would do. Mm-hmm. He was a, a fantastic player for us. Even this season, he was he was that step above. He was a bit like uh, Barry Bannon is for Sheffield Wednesday. And you think, yeah, you could probably play at a higher level. Mm. Um, I think the only thing with Kieran Lee was that he was injury prone and couldn't play more than a, one match a week. And it was a shame, really. But at the same time, I don't think we'd have had him, especially not in League Two, if he could do. But um, yeah, he was a, a top player. And it, it's yeah, I was quite sad to see him leave. But, you know, if you ask me truthfully and think, right, where do we want to go this season? I'd probably say he's the right decision. The only main worry for me is his experience mm. um, we're losing. Now, do they bring in um, a, uh, a you know a player like him, an older, more experienced player, to uh, to bring that, or do we bring in someone a bit younger who has got the legs? But then you you're missing that sort of that head in the dressing room. So, yeah, I was quite sad to see him leave, but I can understand it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think with the experience things, that there is a group of players there, the likes of Santos and Jones and you know, people like Charles or Dempsey and such like They've been there a year now. The, the experience kind of builds within the group as well as being accessed from outside as well. So I think I'd be less worried about that sort of thing. I, I think Cameron Drome obviously was brought in in January as a an older head who's been there and done that um you know performances on the pitch aside i think i think that has worked he's been he's been a good go-to guy um kieran obviously came from sheffield wednesday with this perceived problem with his hip that was the reason they released him they didn't think they were going to get much football out of him bolton in league two he absolutely ran riot he was he was probably i think the most important signing they made that january and last season, I think he was magnificent. You think back to games, I mean, the Sunderland game where they beat them 6-0. One of the best individual performances I've seen from a Bolton player in a long, long time, that one from Kieran Lee. Yeah. Um, just when he's on his game, just such a joy to watch. But equally, it was, it was quite quite hard to see when he couldn't affect things. And I think that happened in the playoff and it happened a couple of times towards the end of the season where you knew he wasn't tra- probably wasn't training as much as he wanted to, if at all. He was having to kind of manage that injury through. I think he had a time where he got that, that thing on his heel, didn't he? The bone spur. And, and you could see it had been affecting his performances beforehand. He came back and was, was a better player after the operation. But unfortunately, uh, probably at his age, you can't carry injuries like that and, and expect to, to get away with it. And... Yeah, there was a sad inevitability about it, and and I am I am disappointed because he's a top lad, never one to um, go overboard on uh, on interviews or on press. In fact, he would rather not speak to anybody about anything. I doubt I'll be getting an exit interview from Kieran Lee, but I'm very sure um, that he wishes everybody well, and I'm sure down the line, if I bumped into him, he'd he'd, he'd say a few words. But uh, he's not one for the spotlight. I. Do you think he'll stay in the game? Do you think he'll stay as a player, drop down the level or, or, or stick around at this level and just, just play a bit part? Um, I, I was thinking this, actually, and I, I think 
I mean, you don't know what's going on. He said, you, you never know. He might stick around as a coach, maybe, if that's what he wants to do. But, um, yeah, I think um, I think he probably will. If he, he gets offered a contract somewhere, um, I, I don't see it being higher than League One. I think he is a good League One player, but as we've discussed, he ain't going to play 46 games for you, uh, even though he did surprise us at Bolton. Mm. Um, you know, but... Uh, like 41 yeah, all oh, right. Okay. Well, I stand corrected. Um, but uh, yeah, I think he's. I think he'll. He, you know, if there's an op- if there's an option in League One, he'll he'll play. I, I can see it being a Northern team. I don't think it'll be a. You know, I don't think he'd he'd uproot his his family. But um, I'll be honest with you, with Kieran Lee, if say, say he went to Wigan, for example, I wouldn't actually mind. I, I, I like I like him. I think he's been a good servant for us, and it's it's not like he's left on. You know, like. I think uh, he's one of those players for me who he's just a likable person. So if he went to a rival, I, I wouldn't actually mind. But Per Franson esque. <laughs> yeah, I, but I don't see him coming back in uh, in twelve months. No, no. Or or Ian Everett resigning as a result of him being sold. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, right, second one on the list then. Uh, we do wish Kieran well, whatever he decides to do, except for Sam Fwigan. Don't Sam Fwigan, Kieran, if you listen to this. I don't, no, I can't be bothered with that. Um, Lloyd Isgrove, and your sock will forever remain divorced from its pair. Um, is he, I mean, the writing's probably been on the wall for a while for Izzy because of his injury problems, but... Um, again, another guy who who's just brought really fond memories for Bolton fans. Yeah, um, he was another one. I think a lot of people were. I think for for Isgrove, I think it was more a shame that it's ended up as it is. I don't think anyone was suggesting that he should be getting a new contract, but you know, I think it is. If if he was, he's become injury prone, and if he wasn't, then you know, I'd, I'd love to see how he would do it. it Instead of Bradley, for example, obviously he's a different player, but he's still got a lot of energy down that wing. Mm. Uh, and I thought he did okay when he's, he's covered him. So, um, yeah, it's it, it was never going to... And this is the thing with Bolton is that... And this is when we look further down the list of release players. Um, you know, we're aiming for a different place to where we are now. If I think... If this was happening and we were in the, the Championship, for example, and it was like, well, realistically, are we going to get promoted to the Premier League? I think a few of those players like Lee and maybe his Grove would have been kept on. But we're aiming now for to be in the Championship and you've got to look at the squad and think, well, at the moment, do we have a League One, a, a good League One squad, but a League One squad? We do. So we're going to have to bring players in in, in the summer who are Championship quality for when we go back hopefully get promoted and the people like Isgrove you know as, as likeable as they are and I think he is a good player but um, can you keep them around mm. have another season of injuries and then have them in the championship probably not it, I mean likeability is a difficult one because you do form these um, emotional attachments whether you're a fan or even as a journalist you know I'm, I'm sorry to see a lot of these lads go because I've got to know them quite well over the the past few years. Um, but I think it does speak a lot about the kind of the relationship that this team has got with, with the supporters because uh, look, let's use an example, the 2019 squad that Keith Hill brought in, that was brought in in a rush and developed very little um, relationship with the players. I was looking down the squad list the other day, you know, and I can, 
you know, even I've forgotten a couple of them. Um, the club in a very different place now, and 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 the fact that Isgrove has only played two games this season, but remained kind of a, a very popular player, says a, a fair bit about the kind of the depth of of like of like that this this uh, this fan base has got for the actual dressing room. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's nice. It is nice. It's nice being in that situation because for years we had so much disharmony between the club and the fans and the players and the fans and now it just seems that everyone every one of them players is well liked mm. um well not everyone but uh, most of 95% are well liked and uh you know it's yeah you've got to move on you've got to um you know you, you've got to change you've got to check, get better players and who knows? We might bring in some players this year who might not be as as liked as those players that are leaving, but they get the job done and we get promoted, and that's the main thing. Yeah, that will be interesting. I mean, I, I threw that in there because the next two players we're going to be um, mentioning didn't necessarily get a universal round of approval in their time at Bolton Wanderers. We'll start with Elias Kachunga, who, um, you know, a terrific guy, you know, absolutely fantastic guy to work with. Really popular in the squad as well. I think his experience has, has helped a lot of the younger players in the time he's been at Bolton. But as I, I wrote in a piece this week, it always boiled down to the numbers with Kachunga. And no matter how much you tried to stick up for the job he was doing for the team or the tactical uh, advantages that he brought, it would always boil down to the fact he was playing up front and didn't score goals. And yeah. it, it became a very difficult thing to get past and to argue against in the end, uh, particularly when ultimately the lack of goals cost Bolton in the playoffs. So he, he almost became symptomatic of the whole problem. So are you surprised at all that he's he's been released at, and, and, and that, that Bolton are going without him? I think for Kachunga, for me, him not... Um... You know him not being signed is actually it's a it's a good thing for the bigger picture, uh, not that it's Kachunga, but the fact that it would be easy to say with Kachunga, well, let's give him another year. He scored at Wembley. You know he's to be fair in terms of him. I mean, I saw all the well wishes at the end of you know when he had now made his announcement. I've not seen someone come from you know completely change opinion of him since. Wilbraham. I mean, it's incredible, really. But um, they both got beards as well. Both got beards. But um, yeah, it's uh, you know, I think when you look at the the bigger picture with Kachunga, you know, the, the frustrating thing for me with Kachunga is, you know, when you if you compare him to like I don't know, and this is a harsh comparison, but hear me out. When you compare him to Clayton Donaldson, for Good example. Grief. Now, with Clayton Donaldson, you looked and thought. He's he's not championship level. He's you know I don't see anything in there for me that makes him championship level. Whereas with Kachunga, you're looking. For, I can I can see a player in him. He's a good player, but he just didn't do it enough, and he didn't score enough. So it wouldn't surprise me if Kachunga went to um, another another club and scored 20 goals next year it really wouldn't surprise me but I think for, for Bolton he, he just hasn't been consistent enough and I, I don't think he, he has done enough on the pitch so therefore it's actually refreshing to see that the the, the 
the club have seen that. Ian Everton and Chris Markham have seen that and gone, right, we need something better. Is Kachunga going to do it into championship for us? Which the irony is, and I said this a few weeks ago on the podcast, is I think Kachunga plays his better games when we are playing better opponents. Mm. Like, I thought he played quite well against Aston Villa in the in the Carabao Cup. So, maybe it would have worked out, but, you know, we've, we're looking at something different. Yeah, no, it's a good point you make there. I think he does play uh, better against the better opponents. And the other thing I will say is that he... He clearly, you know, had had a bond, had a relationship with with uh, the manager. Historically, going back with Chris Markham and such like, it, it would probably have been easy for them to say, "Well, look, you know, as a, one of the elder statesmen in the in the group, we'll give him an extra year." It's not like he's physically incapable of doing this, in, in as you might have had reservations that Kieran Lee might have been. Um, it would have probably been easier. I don't know wage-wise where he stood in the whole hierarchy of it, but I, I, I think it, it's 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 quite ruthless. And in yeah. a way, I like that because it means there's going to be a change of direction. It means that there is going to be a clear kind of signpost that this is when they decided this is the way they were going to go. So I think it's quite a big statement to make from uh, from from Chris Markham, from Everett, from from the club in general, that they are going in a different direction now. Um, we'll go on, we'll, we'll move in, into uh, goalkeeper mode. Now, obviously, James Trafford has left the building um, to go back to Manchester City and potentially a multi-million pound move to Burnley, so we read. Um, but another goalkeeper who's left the building is Joel Dixon, who, I mean, it's fair to say he's had a season in absolute purgatory, really. Uh, a, a, a lovely lad, very quiet, Quiet lad. Um, I know he. You know people inside the club speak really well of him because he's he's kept Trafford. I think he can take some responsibility in Trafford's uh, progress because he's trained with him every single day. He's kept him sharp, etc., etc. And uh, you know him, Matt Jilks, the goalkeeper coach, obviously have done a terrific job in pushing him that far to progress him as far as he has done. Unfortunately, you know when Joel has taken to the pitch, it's never looked. It's never looked solid. It's fair to say. No, um, and with with respect to Joel Dixon, if he turned up at Wigan, I really wouldn't mind. Um, <laughs> just like Kieran Lee, for different reasons, uh, it hasn't worked out, has it? And you know, I, I thought for the first few weeks of last season, I thought he was a bit harsh. Some of the stick he was getting, I remember that he saved a few penalties, didn't he? So, yeah. um, he, I thought he did okay, but it just hasn't worked out, and. You know, I, with respect again to Joel Dixon, we are probably shopping in a different pool now to what we were then. We were coming into League One. He came from Barrow. Ian Ebert knew him, and it just seemed to be a uh, a, a sort of a an easy sort of you know best fit type thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it didn't work out. And now, now Trafford's come in. We are shopping at a different pool. We are looking at someone who's completely different. We. We were having to replace Trafford now, which I'll be honest with you, I don't envy the player that comes in because I don't think he's going to, and especially not as well liked. And that's, I think, the pressure that's going to be at the start of next season is people are going to compare in whoever comes in to James Trafford. Mm. But um, yeah, Joel Dixon is, I think it, it's, yeah, it, it speaks volumes that he's just not been involved as he at all since. I think that Barrow game in the Papa John's was his last 
involvement. Um, Played against Bristol and, Rovers. Oh, well, of course, yeah. But um, And again, against Bristol Rovers, he made a few good saves. So he, there is a goalkeeper in there. I just don't mm. think he's what we're after. So, yeah, it's a shame for him. And I'm sure he'll reflect on his two years at Bolton and be very disappointed and he you know i'm sure he would have liked to have gone sooner and and hopefully he can get a, a spot maybe at bottom end of league one or league two where he is the number one goalie but i think for me the end of it was that hartlepool game last year and i was in that away end and the stick he was getting he the stick he was getting before the goal went in was unfair in my opinion uh i think that reflected that did lead to the the goal where he messed up and I think since then, I don't think there was any coming back. So, yeah, good luck to him. But, um, you know, it, it, it's he, he falls into the... Uh, well, there's been two good goalies under Ian Ever in Jilks and Trafford. And unfortunately for Dixon, he falls uh, with the Billy Krellins of this world. <laughs> By the way, uh, just a, a quick one on, on potentially turning up at Wigan. We said the same thing about Ben Amos and he's done quite well. So let's uh, yes. let's yeah. not let's not wish it too. I wouldn't want to wish that on Joel anyway. Let Joel let Joel go and find a decent uh, a decent club up in the northeast where he's from anyway. Um, let's move on to new deals. There were three new deals issued or re- released rather in this retained list, and the first one is for the Iceman himself, Jon Dadipodvarsen. There is much rejoicing because uh, you know, as as far as a popular player goes, he struggled to find many. More popular than uh, JBD, uh, JDB. I always get that wrong. But mm-hmm. he's had a, a sucky time with injury. He's had a sucky time with, with with luck in general, I think, since he turned up at Bolton. Yet his goal record remains very, very solid considering he's barely had a chance to, to get up ahead of steam. Being given an extra year. Now, I think there's a great deal of pressure on his shoulders to make sure that that year counts. And I don't know what more he can do. But he's got to find something to make sure he's out there on the pitch, I suppose. Yes, he does. Um, I think it's the right... I mean, let me... Just to understand that they have been... I mean, I don't have any doubts that Sheehan and Bogvasa will sign, but they have only been offered, offered. the new... Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, but I mean, Bogvasa, I agree with it. I think I, I think if you had to say to... You know, we'll talk about MJ in a minute, uh, and that was, that was different, but... Um, I think if you were to say, right, two players that you'd want to stay, I'd, or two players you think will stay, I'd probably have gone with Bodvarsson and Sheehan, to be honest. Um, but Bodvarsson is a good player. I think he's on his days. He's our second best striker. Uh, but he's, he needs to be fit more. And I think for him, he is a very good League One player. He's shown that. So I, I do agree that. Uh, he should stay. If we didn't, you know, if we did get promoted, then maybe it's a different story, and we'd have a, a different, uh, a different outcome on it. But um, yeah, I think he's shown enough that he's a very good League One player. I just hope he can be on the pitch more than what he was this season. Fifteen goals in forty-eight appearances. It's one in three since he turned up, and and given the fact that he's not had any real proper runs in the team, he came in in the January. I think that's not a bad record at all. I'd, I'd go as far as to say I think he's the best striker the Bolton have got in the squad. I think I would rate him above Dion Charles were he to get fit. The thing is with Dion, he's, he's almost indestructible, isn't he? And he carries on going. And that, unfortunately, I think is a quality that 
in League One, you need. It's it's an unforgiving league. With the Championship, you've probably got a bigger budget to be able to have more options and, and have a bigger squad. In League One, you go in a 46 and League Two. You go in a 46-game season, Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, and you haven't got the squad. You're asking people to go again, go again. It's a relentless league. And so... You know that's what Podvarsson's got to do now. He's got to he's got to make himself a League One player so that he can go again, go again. And uh, you know he's not he's thirty one now. I think he he turns thirty two um, later this year. Um, so I think he's uh, you know he's he's probably his, his big chance now to 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 be a, a mainstay striker. I think. Um, moving on to MJ, whose deal was ratified well i think he's he's played a certain number of appearances now this went under the radar a little bit to be fair um we didn't we weren't made aware of that he had a, an appearance clause but he's he's managed to tick it which is great i'm really happy to see that because he came in this season after his operation in the new year came back showed a bit of versatility and dropped in maldini like into the center of defense he played a bit more towards the very end of the season in midfield as well i still think he's got plenty plenty to give bolton wanderers um but again probably like everybody else you've got to show yourself to be robust and to be able to manage those games yes you do and mj i mean it would be interesting to see what the the sort of the marker was uh for mj to Mm to play over a certain amount of matches with uh, the injuries we had at the end of the season, has he gone over that? And has that led to him getting a new contract? Mm. Um, but yeah, he, he's shown that he can be versatile, uh, you know, and he can drop into midfield, sorry, defence if we need him. I think in midfield, um, I think he offers something that isn't the most palatable uh, style of midfield, I think, uh, but you need it. You know, I think, MJ Williams isn't like Morley going to be sticking a 30-yard free kick in the top corner. He's not going to be jinking past a few players like Sheehan uh, or Dempsey. He's, he plays a different type of midfielder, but you need that. You need someone who's going to break up play. You need someone who, the way Bolton play, and it, they, they pass the ball from left to right continuously uh, and back again to try and get an opening up front. You need that player who's going to going to do that and uh yeah it's um it's yeah i mean it's it's good for him and uh you know mj does fall in that bracket of is he going to be in the championship with us i don't know but he is a, a good league one player and you've got to think about some of these players you know it their next move where would it be and i think whereas you look at lee for example and maybe kachunga and think yeah they'd probably get another deal at league one I think MJ would. So they are good League One players. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's deserved. And, I, I, you know, we'll, we'll await and see what happens next year. To answer your question, Henry, and this is something that did pass me by, I have to say. Uh, so I, I just had a quick check on the, the announcement that Bolton Wanderers made on Tuesday, wasn't it? Um, and they said 35 appearances was the magic marker. His 35th appearance was Bristol Rovers away, last game of the season. Right. Um, as a half-time substitute for Ricardo Santos. So, Well, maybe. Now, here's the conspiracy theorist. We were all wondering, well, was it agreed before? Santos coming up at half-time. It worried a few people. Maybe that was what Ian Ebert said. He said, 
come on at half time, you get a new contract, he des- you know, he thinks you deserve one and uh, Santos can play the first half. Just well, saying. Uh, oh, yeah. You mean it was by design and not complete lottery accident, Henry? How dare you suggest there's any sort of coherent thinking going on during uh, Bolton Wanderers' season? It's impossible. Impossible. Yeah, the, the Mavericks... The, the, against the norm, but it looks like that's been the case. Uh, certainly, a lot of coherent thinking in giving Josh Sheehan a new deal. I think. I, I think of any of the t- of any of the the players that were being discussed. I think he had done the most for me to play himself into a new deal, and that would have applied for me again if if they'd have gone up into the championship. Because I think mm. he'd he'd shown and, and it's been a slow burn for Josh and I, I can appreciate it must have been quite frustrating at times certainly before Christmas where he just wasn't getting the games but I think since Christmas and since he's built up that kind of fitness and, and his, his, his match sharpness he's looked like a player who can start games for Bolton and a reliable player and I still think they've got to get the blend around him right potentially but I do think he'll go on and he can go and play 30, 40 games next season. I don't think there'll be a problem. Am I on the same page? Yeah. Um, I'm really glad that he's got back to uh, this this spot because, uh, you know, to be out for a year was so harsh. And I thought at the start of last season, he was one of our best players. Um, so to get back to that now is, uh, is great. Um, I'd be interested to see... Uh, let's... Yeah, I'd be interested to see what would have happened if, say, he got his year. Say, say he played for a bit longer last season, and his twelve months out ended in March of this year or April. So he was mm. still making his way back to fitness. It'd be interesting to see what would happen then. Whether the last ten games has has helped him, whether it was kind of hit or miss before that, or whether this was always the plan. But um, yeah, I think he's a good player. And, I think for me, what's interesting for Josh Sheehan next year is if he plays really well, he will be because you know he'll be knocking on the the door of Wales again. Yeah. yeah um, so that you know that could be could be great for him. So there's an incentive there, um, you know, which was really harsh for him that he you know he just missed out on playing in a World Cup. But um, yeah, it's I, I think he's a good player. He's shown it. He's you know I can't, I don't think he's He's had a bad game for us. I think on his quieter days, he's still putting in six out of ten, six and a half out of ten performances, and he's got a long shot on him. And as he, we saw against Port Vale and Shrewsbury, so he's uh, yeah, I think he's um, he, he could be really helpful in the uh, in that sort of area going into next season when we're trying to score more goals. One uh, question somebody asked me the other day was that. Can you see any contracted players going this summer? We know for a fact that Ian Ever is not a respecter of, uh, of of contractual obligation. Uh, he's always said, hasn't he, that yes, you might have a contract, but it doesn't mean that you're in my plans. It, you can be moved on. Um, we've seen it a couple of times in his, his years with the club so far that, you know, deals, deals can be done. Um, are there any players in this squad at the moment? Do you think they're looking at and thinking, "Well, okay, thanks, but no thanks"? Um, it's a good question, to be honest. I, uh, I'm trying to think of. It's my first of the season. I was due. Yeah, uh, well, that's it now until next uh, next June. <laughs> um, 
thinking of the first eleven, then no, I think that the first eleven, um, I think, you know, we, we're obviously going to get improvements uh, and players coming in. But I think if that first eleven starting next year, I, I'd, I'd be relatively happy with it. I think uh, then you look at the bench. You know, I I think next year is a big year for Thomason. I think he's he's mm-hmm. if he can stay fit, I think he can show the form from the start of this season. Um, so you look in midfield and you think, yeah, we're going to probably bring in a midfielder to replace Lee. But other than that, I think the other midfielders are good. Strikers, it's a big year for Asia. We'll see with Lundalu, but you you then think, oh, we'll bring in another striker to replace Kachunga. So I'm happy with that. Jerome. And in defence, you are. Cameron Jerome, Carl Cameron Jerome as well. Yeah, it's Cameron Jerome. It's a big season for Jerome. I, I felt sometimes with Jerome that it's like in the um, in the Papa John's final. I think he was through on goal and he passed it. I think could, Jerome has clearly been brought in to uh, to to look after the players and, and guide them. And I think he, him and Adi Biagio were uh, you know are quite close. But I would like to see with Jerome that, you know, there were, there were times where I was like, just have a shot, score goals. That's what you're here to do mainly. It's on the pitch. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see with Jerome. Um, so I'm happy with the strikers, happy with the midfielders. Full-backs we need, we need to sort out. Defence, when, when they're all fit, I'm happy with as well. And goalkeeper. So yeah, I think I don't think there's anyone really for me in that squad that I'd be like, yeah, they can go. I think unless we get a big offer for Charles or Morley, you know, I, I don't think there's no one I'd look at and go, yeah, I, I I think it's time you went. Do you think Declan John's done enough in the second half of this season to play himself back into where he was when when all <laughs> everything started going sour really for him? Yeah, actually. Declan John, I want to stay. I think he's a good player, but he'd be the one that wouldn't surprise me. But I think it would be that would be the end of August. That would be, yeah. uh, you know, they tend to get one out and one in. I think that would be Declan John. Um, I, you know, I like him. I think he's a good player. I think he's he's actually for me improved in when I've seen him this year over mm. last year. Strangely enough, I think his headings improved, but. Um, but yeah, I, I I can see him going, but I'd keep him. I think again, he's a good League One player. Now it depends where they're looking at. If they can, if they're looking and going, we would rather get a player in who's Championship quality and and he's on a two or three year contract. Then yeah, unfortunately, Declan John will probably go. But if not, then I'd have to be happy for him to stay. And I think he's yeah, I think he's a good player. I I don't know what's gone on there. No, I I, I agree with you. I think he's. I think he's had a very strong finish to the what's when he's been given the opportunity. Obviously, he's in a he's in a queue now. There's no getting around that, and and how he feels about that is possibly the defining kind of point of whether or not he thinks. Well, maybe I try my luck elsewhere. Um, that might come into play, but uh, I do think that when he's been on the pitch for Bolton, his performances in the last few months have been really solid and. I think there's there's a a good argument to say he's a, a good starter for Bolton as well, uh, certainly against certain teams. So um, no, I don't think it's a, 
I don't think it's as obvious as it might have been at some stage of the game for, for Declan, but um, maybe, a maybe for me. Okay, right, well, it might be the off-season, but the postman still delivers the mail. Take it away, Phil. Is that Philip Moresh? Yeah, we've had a couple of uh, great emails in over the last few weeks. It's slowed down a little. Everything does at this time of year, so um, keep them coming. But this one is from Russell. Um, hi, Mark and Henry. I coach football over in the States in New Jersey. And as I'm sure you know, the American college sports system is huge. Uh, players going to certain colleges just for sports. But in the off-season, players need options to play and maintain their development and sharpness. So we now see a lot of college players play in the USL 2 through the summer. The USL 2 is one below the USL, which is, I'm sure, I'm preaching to the converted here with Henry, but you know, uh, which is under the MLS. Harry Brockbank went to play briefly in the USL for El Paso Locomotives, of course. Anyway, the local USL 2 team that uh, one of my good friends is involved with is FC Motown STA. Uh, they have a familiar name playing for them this season, a position that might surprise you. Yossi Askelainen's son, Emil presumably named after the greatest striker that Yossi ever faced, plays as a striker <laughs> for uh, Motown STA. He made his debut last night, as he wrote this letter, and scored the third goal in a 4-0 win. Uh, please see the clip below. He did include a clip, and it was indeed Emil. Um, I just thought it was very apt, given the Yaskalanans don't go on trees discussion in last week. Uh, it seems they do grow on trees, just not always as goalkeepers. Love the podcast, keep up the good work. I listen every week on my way to coaching games. Yaskalainen is, uh, is is ripping it up in, what was it, USL 2? Yeah, that's the one. What do you know about USL 2, Henry? Give us give us your, your in-depth American football knowledge. Well, to be honest, I don't know much about uh, USL 2. Um until they play MLS teams in uh, the US Open Cup, which is like their FA Cup. But um, I did know that uh, Emil Jaskalainen was uh, was playing over there. Uh, it's nice that he scored. I, I mean, I wonder, because, you know, with William Jaskalainen being a goalie, I wonder if Emil was, uh, they had to have someone in that family who was, uh, shoot, you know, shooting at them. Uh, so maybe he was the uh, he was the designated striker. But, um, yeah, I, I think there's a... I'm biased to do a podcast uh, on MLS, but um, the the league is improving. I think it's, it's slightly going away from the, the sort of retirement league tag, and you know now, as you've seen, well, Leeds United have signed most of them, but um, there are good players in the league who, uh, and I think that's the aim going towards the World Cup. The next one is they want to build the league and sell players on and. They've got an Apple TV deal, which is worth a lot of money. So there's more money in it now. Um, so I think as a result of MLS getting better, um, the the players that were in MLS that maybe will not be at the standard of MLS in a few years will be dropping down into the USL and and the sort of because how it works is that it's not a pyramid system like no. it is here. It it is MLS is a closed shop and then. USL is a pyramid system. Like you got USL Championship and USL League One, um, so they'll fall into that. So, yeah, maybe for I mean, it may be diff- the way Bolton are going. Maybe it's uh, it's not necessarily the area they'll be looking in. Maybe if, if this was a few years ago when we we're in League Two, it might be. Um, 
you know, hopefully in the next few years, Bolton will be looking more at sort of MLS standard players. But it's uh, it's definitely growing in uh, and the the pop is getting more popular in the states. Mm. Can you watch USL one and two on the on the telly box? You, I think they're on YouTube. I think right. most of the matches are on YouTube, streamed on YouTube. Yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, they are. They, I mean, you, you've got to search for it. It is not advertised that well, but I think they do stream them on YouTube. I'll give you something alternative to watch on uh, on YouTube, um, <laughs> as opposed to uh, people playing Minecraft or something. Who knows? Um, right, let's have another. Let's have another email. Let's have another email. This one is from Paul, who is uh, a regular contributor and uh, it's given us something to answer here after a good few days to reflect on our playoff defeat I do think that we may have an issue next season that needs to be addressed credit to Michael Duff he obviously had done his homework Barnsley didn't chase the ball so they didn't get tired they held their positions waited and pounced on mistakes they didn't care that they didn't have the ball it came down to what they did with the ball once they had it fair point Yes, the opposition needs decent players who have the quality to hurt us, but our biggest issue is down to the fact our style of play has become too predictable. Teams know we aren't going to go bomb down the wings and put crosses in or play balls over the top for our strikers to run onto, meaning they can set up their team accordingly. I would also add that our strikers, like Adebayejo, will score more if we get the ball to him in the right areas. For Bolton, he's scored 3-18 in, in comparison with 11-26 in at Burton. These stats tell their own story. If we want more goals from him, we need to get balls in the box on a frequent basis. What are your thoughts? As ever, keep up the good work. Thank you for efforts this season. I hope you can both get a well-earned rest before we start again in August. Well, Henry certainly will, Paul. But, uh, yeah, um, Victor Victor not getting the ball in the right areas. Uh, I think there's possibly something to that. Definitely towards the end of the uh, end of the season, the number of, of touches that Bolton got in that sort of area were getting smaller. Um, the, the the chances were drying up a little bit. Uh, we some of that could be nerves, some of that could be the sort of the tension of the games that they were playing in potentially. But certainly, it was the case in the in the playoff uh, semi final second first and second leg. Um, have Bolton become too predictable is is probably the gist of the email. What do you think? Um, I'd, yeah, I mean, teams know how we're going to play. I think um, we... So, yeah, there may be an element of predictable there, mm. but I think, I, I think it, you know, you can... You can't. Everyone knows how Man City are going to play, but it's about whether you can play against it. Yeah. And uh, I think there's... You know, you do like this season. I thought when teams actually come out and play against us, I thought we we struggled a little bit, like Oxford did a bit, and uh, you know, one of like Port Vale did. And we, I know we beat Port Vale, but I, I thought on a different day that could have gone a, a, a different way. But um, you know, I think the teams that just sit back and let us play, we eventually break them down. But I think Barnsley are just very good at, at what they do. Um, so yeah, I think the teams at the top of the league who uh, do play that way um, and just let us have the ball and they've got the quality to to stifle what we do. Yeah, I think there is maybe a problem, and that's something for the summer of coming up with a plan B or even a plan C. And I, felt, I you know, my impression was signing the likes of Adebayo and having a Lundlu there and and Bod Varson is that when we need to go more direct, we do and we can we can be successful. Um, but then I also agree with what 
Ian Everett said, I think it was against uh, Shrewsbury when people were saying, why are we not getting the ball in the box? Why are we just passing it about? And it's like, well, most of these teams have six foot five centre-halves and you're not going to win headers against them. You're just going to be mopped up all day. So, you know, I, I can understand the way we play. And to be honest, I'd rather us play this way than even though Barnsley are in the playoff final, I'd rather us play our way than their way. Mm. But uh, maybe they do need to develop a plan B and a plan C. So when it's not working and teams have found, think they've found us out, we can we can do something else. Well, I think that's what the summer recruitment's about, giving him more options to be able to maybe set set things up slightly differently. And I don't think they're ever going to abandon the idea of the possession expansive possession football. That's not going to change. But having the different personnel, and I think Bod Varson, to hark back to him, I think he has been such a big miss. And uh, not having him to either put on or to, to play from the starting games has been has been a, a big problem for Bolton in the last few months. But OK, um, thank you very much for your emails. Um, that was brilliant. We've had a few ideas actually come through the post for features and games uh, that we could be doing in the summer. And you definitely will see a couple of them come up in the next few weeks. But if you've got any bright ideas on what we can talk about, quizzes we can do, or themed episodes you'd like to see, here's how to get in touch. So you want to bring something up on the buff? Email Mark and Henry on thebuffmail at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-B-U-F-F-M-A-I-L, all one word, at gmail.com. And... Sorry to the male escort who probably getting some unsolicited Bolton Wanderers correspondence from the people who spell that incorrectly. Okay, every year we make some pre-season predictions, so let's have a listen to what we said about 12 months ago. Okay, so we're going to just go very quickly, our 1 to 24. Um, mm. So don't, don't make any noises, I'm just going to read it out. My 1 to 24. Number 1, Peterborough United. Number 2, Sheffield Wednesday. Number three, Ipswich Town. Number four, MK Dons. Number five, Barnsley. Number six, Bolton Wanderers. Number seven, Derby County. Number eight, Portsmouth. Number nine, Charlton Athletic. Number 10, Wickham Wanderers. Number 11, Plymouth Argyle. Number 12, Oxford United. Number 13, Forest Green. Number 14, Lincoln City. Number 15, Fleetwood. Number 16, Bristol Rovers. Number 17, Shrewsbury. Number 18, Burton. Number 19, Accrington. Number 20, Cambridge United. Number 21, Port Vale. Number 22, Morecambe. Number 23, Cheltenham. (laughs) Number 24, Exeter City. Right, okay. So you you do yours 1 to 24. Uh, well, I've gone uh, Ipswich, top of the league. Then I've gone Derby, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Barnsley, Bolton, Peterborough, so there's the playoffs. Uh, then I've gone MK, Portsmouth, Charlton, Plymouth in 10th, Wickham 11th, Oxford 12th. Uh, I've gone Lincoln 13th. Then I've gone, uh, surprisingly, Markham in 14th. Uh, Shrewsbury 15th, Burton 16th, Bristol Rovers 17th, Accrington 18th, Cambridge 19th, uh, Port Vale 20th, and then I've gone for um, Forest Green 21st, Fleetwood 22nd, um, 
Exeter 23rd and Cheltenham. Right. Not every year do we throw it back in our own faces, but I think it's it's fair to do so. Um, we we named our 1-24, to 24, as you've just heard there. And do you know what? We weren't a million miles away, Henry. And and I say we, I'm taking some some reflected glory here because I wasn't. But you were much closer. Um, I mean, you got, uh, let's just count these up here. One, two, three, four, five, six. You got six absolutely spot on. But more importantly, you, you actually correctly predicted four of the top six teams in the right actually, place. Yeah, I predicted the playoffs in, yeah. the, in the exact places. Um, I'm sure I said at the time, I said, oh, it'd be a nightmare for me because my in-laws are Barnsley fans and then I've got my links with Peterborough and that is the case. So, yeah, it was, I, I was, when when we look back at it and when listening to that, I was like, I was shocked that I got them because I, 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 when I was thinking back, I was like, I'm sure I said Bolton in fifth and I can't really remember who else. But, uh, yeah, and I, with Portsmouth as well, I got that spot on. Yeah. So, uh, that's uh, five of the top, well, five of the top eight. So take yeah, that. I mean, I, I picked Derby and Portsmouth as my two. Uh, admittedly, you know, I, MK Dons were one of the ones that I got spectacularly wrong. I thought they'd finish fourth. Um, and you, well, I said seventh. So, yeah. Seven. So, yeah, we, everybody thought MK were going to do better than they were. Plymouth are not a mid-table team, as we both probably predict, predicted. Uh, they, they obviously shocked everybody. Um, and probably the other one is uh, Forest Green. I think both of us had them finishing safe. Oh, did you? No, you didn't. You had no. You had them relegated. Well, you know what you're talking about. I had Forest Green up a mid-table. I don't even remember why now, to be honest. You might have to listen. You back know to that what? Episode. When I was thinking back to it, and I, I reminded you of it last week, I said, "Oh, we'd have to go for our predictions." One of one of the reasons I did it was because I remembered. I thought I'm sure Mark said that Forest Green would be safe. Well, then again, I said <laughs> I, I said Markham would be safe. I think I had them at about 14. So that is true. And it, they they were uh, they got relegated too. So yeah, um, we both had Exeter relegated as well. By the way, and they finished very comfortably mid table. So Cheltenham, um, I had you know we both had Cheltenham to go down. So uh, yeah, it's uh, you know we'll we'll be back in August with our um, with our predictions. And uh, I, you know I tell you what though, if I get uh, I. I, I Depending on how the summer goes, I may not be putting Bolton in the playoffs this year, and hopefully, Ooh. I will then be getting the playoffs right again. If Mystic Henry predicts it, it will become so. That's <laughs> what we need to do, and uh, I, I can foresee that on the predictions thing, I'm definitely going to be mocking you up with uh, some Mystic Meg hair. Just, just <laughs> let it be said. Um, right, okay. Let's let's talk about something that Henry isn't good at: fantasy league football. <laughs> Just a week to go in our buff fancy. Well, in the in the Premier League, really, it's not just the fancy league, but there is only one week to go in the fancy league as well. Um, and it's absolutely manic at the top of our league. Uh, Thirty points separating the top five teams, so anybody can still win it. Really, I don't know what all the boosts and all that sort of lot. I don't know who's got what, but at the minute we've got uh, Kinder Buemo. 
Uh, Liam McNeil's team, who are 12 points clear at the top. They're in the driving seat ahead of Reagan Rushton's Ha Haaland, uh, Alfie Hinton's No Way JJ, uh, William Aspinall's team. Oh, actually, his, his team is now called Change Names, so I don't know what the hell's going on there. But anyway, I'm sure it didn't used to be. Um, but anyway, uh, Peter Thompson's Kevin Davis Thighs uh, is fifth. And there's a bit of me that wants that team to win just because it's such a good name. Um, yeah. But yeah, any of them guys can win unless it's an absolutely spectacular comeback from somebody else. But uh, it is exciting. It's tense. It's, it's everything that our own Fantasy League season has not been, Henry, in fairness. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Mark. I have not have not updated my team the last few weeks. Um, I got to two thousand points. That was my aim. I know, understandably, I knew that would put me in about two hundredth place. But uh, after a poor start, that was my aim, and I got it. So uh, now I am on the beach. Um, but saying that, it's not over. You never know. I might I might have a player who scores four thousand points this weekend, uh, and I can make a challenge for the title. I think we should have a. I think we should have a gentleman's. But I think we should have wager. I think there should be a forfeit. In fact, we did this a couple of years ago, and we never actually got round to doing the forfeits. But I think we should resurrect it because I've still got the DVD here. Um, I, I had two DVDs. Uh, one uh, of Bolton beating Manchester United one nil. Um, Nicholas and Elka. Um, and the other DVD was uh, a, a comprehensive review of the Wigan Athletic two thousand seven eight season. Um, and I was going to make uh, us, us review it, uh, whoever won the bet, whoever lost the bet. Um, so I think we should revive that for this week only. Whoever gets the most points this week will have to do that this summer. Hey, that's fine with me. Um, I, with the way that we're going to go in at the moment, I don't mind watching them doing well because they are, uh, in the, I believe the term's in the mud. In the mud indeed. In, uh, well, watch this space. Um, yeah, so that's that's what's going on. I don't know. I bet you've got all your bonuses and such like saved up as well, haven't you? But we won't worry about that. All on this week. Do what you can do. I'm 101st. Um, and if I don't finish in the top 100, I'm going to be absolutely mortified. Uh, I think you're 196th now. So you'll be looking to, to keep your place in the top 200. Um, <laughs> yeah. A few people have already asked me, I've had a few emails in this week about whether or not we'll be running it again next year. Yes is the answer. Uh, we've got lots of we've got lots of plans. We had lots of plans last season, but it ended up being a bit of a rush. So we've got a bit more of time to think of how it's going to work for people next season. So um, we will definitely be doing it again next year, and hopefully, me and Henry will be better off for it. Okay. Um, so before we sign off another episode with a special song from our Buff Beethoven Simon Woods, a shout out for next week's episode which will contain all our official player ratings for the whole season. It's another uh, hardy annual. Um, and also an alternative awards. Look forward to picking all those out. Everything will be appearing in the paper as well. Henry, anything to add before we press play on that song? No. Okay. Until next week then, I've been Mark. What's love got to do with the Isles? And I've been Henry... Can't think of a song, so I'm going to just say Hewitt, Hewitt. Not even simply the best, Henry. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, who needs a... What's that? What's a song? Who needs a hero? What was I it don't called? need another hero. Good grief. I don't need another hero. I'm going to start a new music podcast with someone else. <laughs> yeah. I used to work in radio as well. But, uh, 
I, Henry, I don't need another hero because we've got Dion Charles Hewitt. Here's Simon Woods with Stronger Than Before. This has been The Buff. Oh well, the season's over. We won a trophy that was once called Great Rose. Oh well, we made the playoffs. We didn't quite make it, but we're ready to be back stronger, stronger than before. Yeah.